Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. In today's podcast, Perfect Chemistry, I'm speaking to Antonio Carrillo Rul, Chief Executive Officer at Mexichem, one of the largest chemical and petrochemical companies in Latin America, which has recently been named Mexico's most global company. Prior to Mexichem, Antonio gained extensive international experience in the industrial, energy, transportation and construction sectors. He joined Mexichem in 2012 and since his appointment, he has expanded Mexichem's global footprint broadened its product portfolio, and increased its vertical integration. Antonio, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Louis. So, Antonio, as I alluded to uh, in the introduction, Mexichem has really grown from a national company into a diversified global player in the past few years. Can you talk us through this journey? Sure. Mexichem is a relatively young company. Even though its roots are 50 years old, Mexichem as a company has only existed for the last 15 or so years. And it started by making basic chemicals and basic raw materials such as chlorine and salt. Then it evolved into a petrochemical company making PVC. And as you know, petrochemicals and basic raw materials are very volatile. So what Mexichem started doing is integrating vertically to try to add value and reduce volatility, and therefore created three businesses that started uh, this vertical integration by adding value to basic raw materials. Once we got there, we really thought that the next step would be to go into finished products, and therefore we took our petrochemicals and integrated vertically even more by adding pipes and fittings, PVC initially, then polyethylene, polypropylene. And then from there, we said, well, we need to add even more value. So recently, we bought Netafim with the idea of uh, growing into solutions and smart solutions for the world that's coming and tying ourselves to very important global trends such as water scarcity, growth in population, urbanization, etc. So the journey has taken us from a basic raw material company into a smart solutions company, and it's been fun, but with its, its growing pains. With a lot of challenges along the way, right? And as a company with its origins in an emerging market, and it still retains its corporate headquarters here in Mexico, what are the advantages and disadvantages of pursuing a, a global strategy when you have your base here in an emerging market like Mexico? So uh, being a Mexican company, a very proud Mexican company, I always say that we have two problems in the name, the Mex and the Chem. The Mex is because we are a Mexican company, but we're much more now than a Mexican company only. And yes, we're still in chemistry, but we are much more than a chemical company. I would say the biggest challenges is number one, stigma. You know, as a Mexican company, you go, and especially in the beginnings, when you went into Europe and some other parts of the world as a Mexican company, you always find that you have a stereotype of a Mexican and a Mexican company. Uh, and that forces to, to be not as good as an international company, but forces you to be 
better than than most companies. No, you have to be one of the best to be able to uh, get over this stigma. Uh, the second biggest challenge, I would say, is talent and talent mobility specifically. Uh, if you work for a large German company and you're very good at your job, you get promoted to Germany. If you work for a U.S. company and you're based in Brazil or India or wherever and you do a great job, you move to the U.S. And if you work in Mexicam and I tell you you're you're living in Europe and suddenly you're really good at your job and you want to move, I have to move move you to Mexico, it's not very appealing. So as a company based in Mexico, we have to be able to operate in a different way. I cannot have all my people in my corporate office in Mexico because that would limit my talent that I could bring to Mexico. So I have to be able to work in a different type of environment with some people working from other places and that the world is moving that way anyway, but we just have to have an open mind. So it's effectively like home office, but working on a global scale. Exactly, exactly. And I think that uh, being a Mexican company in a country that has great things and some things that are not so great, flexibility is something that you need when you're a, a, a company based in Mexico. That's really interesting. Thank you. And I guess this is compounded as well by you know what I'm going to say in the next question, that Mexichem has has completed 22 acquisitions since 2003, which is an awful lot. These acquisitions have boosted the company's financial performance. Can you talk us through about creating a balanced organization and, and leadership team when you have so many new parts joining the whole? You know, uh, Mexichem had grown initially faster than the team of people that was running it. When I joined the company in 2012, the CFO did not speak English. Uh, today, 85% of our employees don't speak Spanish. Uh, English is the official language in the company. Uh, uh, so we've had to, uh, let's say, rebuild this management team to be able not only to cope with what Mexichem is today, but more importantly, to we're, we're taking Mexichem in the future. And it's it's a... I think it's one of the most beautiful things of the of the job, you know, building the team and seeing the team flourish and seeing the team uh, really become engaged in this uh, journey that we have going on. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge because every company we buy brings its own culture. Uh, the good thing is that Mexichem is a very decentralized organization. And I always tell the companies we buy, you will never receive a book from Mexichem saying this is how things are made, are done. Uh, we are building the company together with every company we bring in. So every company we buy adds to the culture. And every time we buy a company, the the, uh, what I, my goal is, is for the company to adapt to the new company that we're buying and create something new. So I, I would say it's a moving target. So it's an, an interesting approach where you, you have, there's not one sort of fixed vision or line that, that you're following there's obviously got to be a generalized entity there, but something which is adaptable and flexible that can morph into something else with when new new parts arrive into the organization. Yeah, we always say that our strategy is a central idea. So we have very clear idea where we're going, but we are very flexible in how we get there. Uh, as uh, some famous general said, no, there's no strategy that survives the first impact with the enemy. Right. And we have to be able to uh, adapt as we impact this, uh, this new companies we buy, as we face them, as we integrate them, we have to have some flexibility. Right. And I guess taking the opportunity on this, obviously uh, Mexichem announced 
last year that it was acquiring uh, irrigation water solutions firm uh, Netafim. How do you see this fairly large acquisition impacting on, on the Mexican business and, and your future strategy? I think Netafim is a truly a transformational company and acquisition for Mexican for, for several reasons. First, the scale is a large company, about a billion dollars in revenue in uh, 14 countries. A, a very specific and very unique culture of innovation. It's an Israeli company, as you know, Israel has been a leading country in innovation. And uh, I think Mexichem will bring a lot of things to Mexichem. It will bring vertical integration. It will bring cost structure. It will build a, and bring a balance sheet and ability to grow faster. And Etafim will add to Mexichem a significant amount of things. So innovation, a new culture of uh, smart technologies, etc. So I think it's a, it's a perfect match. No? A company that uh, wants to grow wants to grow and it's flexible enough to accommodate Netafim's culture and a company that needed capital and needed a structure to continue to flourish. So I think it's a perfect match. So in relation to the acquisitions again, Antonio, what lessons have you learned in terms of having the most effective cultural integrations of the new acquisitions that you've made? I mean, how have you effectively pulled them in and align them with, you know, how you want the culture of Mexichem to be? I think the, ma- the main thing about acquisitions that uh, a lot of people don't understand is that you have to know why you want to buy a company. In many cases, uh, companies buy whatever's for sale, whatever the bankers bring them, whatever's available. And if you don't know specifically why you want them, why, what you're going to bring to the table, that enriches that company and what that company brings to you, it's very difficult to sell the acquisition to the company you're buying. And at the end of the day, what you have to do is make sure that you sell this this acquisition to the people that you're buying so that they are confident and they feel coming into a secure environment. The second is we don't buy companies to get synergies. We buy companies to make them grow. And when you buy a company to make them grow, you start off with a very different discourse and a very different set of incentives. People like growth. People like a, few, a bright future. And that's what we're trying to sell people. How do we get there is something that we work together. We don't come in with a textbook of saying this is what we're going to do. This is what you do today one. Is we build a case together. How how is this company going to look five years from now, using the full breadth of resources of Mexichem, and all the resources you bring to the table? And I think if you're able to do those things, then you get a very committed uh, group of people. And one final thing, uh, we have a track record of giving opportunity to the talent that comes with the company. If you look at the businesses within Mexichem, most of the leaders came from acquisitions. So it's we don't have a team of Mexicans that we send to each country that or if each con- company we acquire is the other way around. We take their talent and send them to the other parts of Mexico. So it's a very different model than most companies use. But a very effective. Yeah, it's worked for us. Great. And and again, that segues nicely into the next question in terms of what impact do you think Industry 4.0 is having on Mexichem? 
and, and how the company is innovating to accommodate new requirements from customers and end users. I think the industry where we are is one of the, the slowest in uh, adapting to Industry 4.0 and Mexichem is taking baby steps to get going with this. So we have different projects around the world, about 10 different pilot projects. And I think it will impact us in different ways. We are testing at the four four pillars in this industry 4.0. One is operations, especially in the chemical plants, but also in the pipe plants. How can we use this technology now to operate in a much smarter way, better way, more efficient way, a safer way? The second would be, uh, how do we interact with our customers? We have to be able to connect with our customers in different ways, using internet, using internet orders through Amazon, through many other ways. And that's the future. We have to change the way we see the interaction with the customers. The third one is how do we interact with our employees, with our talent? Uh, we have to be engaging with them in different ways, especially with the younger po uh, population. How do we engage them and keep them engaged during this process? And the last one that we are testing is how do we provide or develop new products and solutions using these trends? Uh, and there's a few ideas that we are already testing, which I think are going to be the first steps into the Mexichem that will take advantage fully of these opportunities. Can you share some of those ideas with us? Sure, absolutely. So on the first one, which is the, the operation side, we are testing at the moment a HoloLens in our plants in Brazil to be able to operate with, with your eyesight the extrusion presses for pipes. And more importantly, in case of a failure, you use the HoloLens and whatever you're seeing, the, 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 the producer of the machine can see what the operator is seeing in Germany, for example, and make sure that you have a solution for your problem. So it's something we're testing and it's, it's very exciting. In the customer side, we are testing uh, uh, what we call a, um, a digital plumber in, in Europe, where you can test and engage with plumbers and our products and our services uh, through an application in your phone. You can call a plumber that engages you uh, and brings our product line to your home. On the employee side, we have just finished implementing what we call M-People, which is Mexican people. And from my phone, I can engage with people, communicate with people, with the whole organization. You're using something similar to Twitter and uh, let's say, make sure that the, the, all the messages in the company are aligned. We can approve stuff from my phone, etc. And on pro new products and services, we are developing a new application for our compounds business to be able to move um, all our formulations from plant to plant around the world in, a, in an easy way. So I think those are a few of the ideas that we're testing in this new environment. Right, and, and it seems really uh, being as though you're applying this uh, really broadly across different areas of the business. Yes, the way we did it is we, we did a what's called a digital maturity study with a third party and to, to identify the areas where each business can take advantage fully of this and that's how we chose the projects. Right. I particularly like the idea of a, a digital plumber because we all know how difficult it is to get a good plumber. But, uh, that sounds uh, some some really interesting uh, programs and in, in innovation there. And uh, again, Mexico, we all know, faces a, a number of challenges as an economy, as a country, but so does the rest of the world in terms of the volatility and uncertainty there. In such a volatile environment, what, what do you think are the main challenges for CEOs in your industry? Say over the next five years, what do you see as being the biggest challenge for you? 
I would say that one of the biggest challenges relates uh, specifically to what you do, which is talent. You know, it's not appealing to many young people to come into petrochemicals and construction materials companies. And uh, as a company, we have to work hard to make it more appealing, not only by creating products and services that really appeal to people, but also uh, by adapting some of the policies and processes inside the company to be able to tap into this new talent that has to come into industry. Uh, I would also say that regulation and compliance are some of the big issues that will uh, that industry faces and will face even further in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, compliance is for sure at the top of the of the list of every CEO uh, at the moment. And as a Mexican company, and I would say in Latin America overall, I think that governance is also a very important word that has to take a different meaning uh, around public companies in Latin America. So how, how do you get that message across that you're doing some really interesting things within Mexichem and that it's going to be a really good place for young talent to come learn and grow? I, I think uh, and we, we are working through it, Luis. I don't have a, an answer today to give you that's going to solve all my problems. I would tell you that we are, we are a constantly evolving company. And I will tell you that our biggest challenge at the moment is uh, developing a new sense of purpose. The purpose of the company, I think, was exhausted in this process of growth. And with all these new acquisitions, there's a brand new purpose waiting for us out there. And we are in the process of working with a big team of people inside Mexican to develop that sense of purpose. Because I think, especially for the younger generation, it's not only the job and the salary, but it's feeling that you are doing something good for the world. And when you see us acquire Netafim or Duraline or do all these things, uh, tying ourselves to global trends that will make a better world, I think that sense of purpose really clicks with younger generations and allows them to, to get excited about a future with Mexichem. When we recently announced Netafim, one of our board members told us, you must be doing something right because there's a lot of people that are calling me that want to work in Mexico. And I think once we finish this new purpose development and we, let's say, walk the talk, we'll get a lot of people interested in working with us. Great. Well, I think you've touched on some interesting points there and, and thanks for sharing you know, some of your experiences and, and initiatives that you're implementing in, in Mexichem. There will have been many lessons throughout your career in, in how best to incubate and support innovation. What is the one sta- that stands out for you personally? I would say the, mo- the main thing is uh, to avoid uh, the fear of failing. No? If you want a culture of innovation, you have to foster failure. Of course, you have to foster it in a controlled way and in, right. a, in a relatively small scale. But I think it's if you allow people to fail and test and try, and if at the same time you're able to do it in a, a in an isolated way, so meaning people, this this testing does not affect the financial performance of people or their incentives. I think that allows people to feel free to try new things, new ideas, etc. That would be my my biggest lesson. Great. Well, well, thanks for sharing that with us, and uh, you know, really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us today and 
you know, all the best with the future endeavors in Mexico. Thank you. Thank you very much, Luis. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.